0: Through all of the turmoil of this season, Jordan Love has been consistent. Plus, more on how Jair Alexander's suspension affects the game plan against the Minnesota Vikings. And we get you up to date on all the injuries ahead of a loser leaves town match. Packers-Vikings on Sunday night football. Let's do it. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap Our sponsors today, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best place to find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com/slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Plenty to come on Jair Alexander and and more of the fallout from that as we work through this here. But Jordan Love is not getting the recognition he deserves for what he has put together this season. And this idea for this segment started when I started to hear about Matthew Stafford, because this is a watered-down MVP race. I started to hear Matthew Stafford being mentioned in the conversation with most viable players. And I think that's in part because some people thought the Rams were going to be among the worst teams in football. But then if you dig into the numbers, you see that Jordan Love has better numbers across the board, traditional stats, the, the counting stats that people love, and all the advanced numbers say Jordan Love has been better this season than Matthew Stafford. And he doesn't have, last time I checked, Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup or Sean McVay, who everyone seems to think is God's gift to play calling. I think Matt LaFleur is a really good offensive play caller. I think this group of skill players that the Packers have put together are terrific, but, but none of them have produced like Pukunukua, who is a rookie, and none of them are anywhere near producing at the levels that Cooper Cup has in his career or this season. And so it, it is just ridiculous that you would have Matthew Stafford in these MVP conversations, but not Jordan Love. I don't think either are MVPs, but that's the point. Why is Jordan Love's production being overlooked? And the same was true when we had this discussion around Jalen Hurts. If you look at the, the production, especially as a passer, Jordan Love has been more productive. You look at Lamar Jackson. Jordan Love has bet Lamar Jackson is going to win MVP. He is the heavy favorite right now to win MVP. And Jordan Love has been a more productive passer this season. And he has been flat out better on an EPA per play basis sixth in total EPA this season, fourth in DVOA, Jordan Love. So adjusting for schedule. This has been a top five offense over the last six weeks. They are only in the position that they are in to win the next two games and potentially get into the playoffs because of Jordan Love. Because the defense, if you take out the the Brett Rippon game, Aaron Schatz just tweeted this, weighted DVOA, they are 30, Second, which means you account for the most recent performances a little bit more. The worst defense in the league. And if they win their 500, if they win again, they have a chance to go to the playoffs. And that is before you even take, Just that's just like the pure productivity case. For the underratedness of this Jordan Love season. Now you add in the fact that you've got the youngest pass catchers in modern NFL history. You've had injuries to your best receiver, ostensibly the guy that you went into the season going, this is our number one guy. Injuries to your number one tight end who is who is on his way to have a historic rookie season at the tight end position in franchise history. You do not have your pro Bowl running back for nearly all of the season. You're, you're all pro left tackle, gone except for week one. And the defense is, has completely fallen apart. You have the the Joe Barry, uh, the the disaster that has been Joe Barry. Jair Alexander being someone who is now being suspended and the, and the potential distractions that come with all of it. And I was gonna play a clip of Jordan Love talking about the Jair Alexander thing, and then I was like, wait, this is there's nothing that interesting here, and that's the point. His response was, we support Jair, but we also know what is at stake here and everyone is going to stay focused. That's it. Like that's, that's not very interesting. It's the football answer, but I also believe it is the true answer that everyone in that room understands what is at stake here and that they have to keep winning these games. And so for the Packers, they could not, and I was thinking about this the other day, they could not reasonably have projected the season to go this well for the offense. And, and all of the numbers that I mentioned, like there there was a little while, there was a stretch where it was like, okay, since week X, the Packers are Y, and it's like, isn't this cool? We're We're beyond that now. This is just a top 10 quarterback this season by any metric you want to pick. By any metric you want to pick. And just for fun, the 30 total touchdowns from Jordan Love would be more than any Bears quarterback in in their history. Their 100-plus year history. So what he has done, given the conditions, let's just leave it there, would be remarkable. What he has done relative to the players that are being talked about as having, you know, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, MVP-type seasons is worthy of more discussion than it has gotten. And I said this on Twitter the other day. The Green Bay Packers right now, if you tra- if you offered them, if San Francisco called them, if Kyle Shanahan called Matt LaFleur, and I know they're not in charge, but like, let's just go with it, and said, we'll trade you Brock Purdy for Jordan Love straight up. Matt LaFleur would hang up the phone. He wouldn't even say, hey, Goody, come talk to Kyle. He'd hang up. Jordan Love with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey would, would would be the MVP right now. There'd be no question he'd be the MVP because he wouldn't have had four interceptions against Baltimore. And there was the perfect encapsulation of this. The play against the Panthers, the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, was the same play, almost identical, to the concept Jordan Love missed on fourth down against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Matt LaFleur pointed out yesterday in his press conference it was actually a tougher throw because the corner was squatting on it you look at the touchdown in that same Bucks game that so he misses the one to Jaden Reed then he throws the one rolling to his right throws the dot in the corner of the end zone it was the same throw he missed against the Giants to Samori Tui. Now, Samori Tui probably needs to make that catch, but that's neither here nor there. He made sure Jaden Reed was able to come down with that ball. It's a touchdown. That's the evolution of Jordan Love. He's just gotten better. And Fleur, you know, was almost like incredulous. He was like, we all know how much better, how much improvement that he's made. I, I think the Packers, in their heart of hearts, if you put them on truth serum, there's no way they would have thought, especially in October, that they would be here with this team, with this offense. And if you add in the productivity around the league and you add in all of the the circumstances of adversity that this team has faced, what Jordan Love is doing this season is nothing short of remarkable. And right now, I had someone put this to me on Twitter the other day. How many quarterbacks in the NFC moving forward would you take over Jordan Love? Like if I'm talking about independent of circumstance, it's pretty obvious that the talent around Jalen Hurts elevates him. And, you know, he is a good match for those guys because he's he's an aggressive and accurate deep ball thrower and give those give A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith chances to win. I don't think he is more gifted and, and more talented of a, of a pure quarterback than Jordan Lovis. I think you could make the case for Dak Prescott, but now you have to pay him too. So you have to pay both of them. And you're, you're potentially getting more upside from Jordan Love. I think Dak Prescott is the best case. You've got Kirk Cousins, who's coming off a major injury. You don't know how he's going to react to that. And, and, and I'm, I already said Brock Purdy, that's a no. Matthew Stafford, maybe. But we're talking about a quarterback, obviously on the wrong side of 30, later in his career. How much better is he going to get? Or is it more likely that as his arm loses a little bit of you know strength, although he's been in his bag this season, that in 3 years, 4 years, he's a, he's a much more diminished version of himself. But as I said, he's Jordan Love is more productive this season than Matthew Stafford. So why would I take Stafford? I'm not sure there's a quarterback in the NFC that I would take for the next 5 years over Jordan Love. And and this may come back to bite me and they they may be playing this on on whatever social media platform exists in 5 years. Um if if the world still exists then But that is a remarkable place for this team to be. And and it just, I don't think for all of the, this team is going to stink and they're going to fall off a cliff without Aaron Rodgers and they're rebuilding. All of that is nonsense because of Jordan Love. All right, let's talk about this matchup with the Vikings and how the absence of Jair Alexander impacts it. We're going to do that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. And LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they might not have the time or resources to hire They even launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked on has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, hear me out on this. <laughs> I think treating this matchup with now Jaron Hall, if it were Nick Mullins, it would be a little bit different. With Nick Mullins, the approach for the Packers, I think could have stayed mostly the same and you would have been okay, right? Uh, you you make him chuck it deep. That's what they want to do. They want to create explosives with Justin Jefferson. You, do, you lose TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, day-to-day, been limited this week. Has an ankle injury. Um, this is the season. So if he's going to play, and we'll talk about the injuries at the end. But now we know Jaron Hall is going to be the quarterback. And what we saw from Jaron Hall in the five plays that we saw him the first time these two teams played is he's going to stand in there and hold the ball. He's a, he's an athletic kid. A little bit older, BYU. And you can you can pressure him. You're going to be able to do that. So there is always this question with young quarterbacks, inexperienced quarterbacks, which he is. Do you tune them up, send the pressure, and make them make quick decisions? Or do you rush for and make them read out concepts consistently? Now, I tend to be of the mind that with a young quarterback, I want to make them make reads. I want to make them read out the concepts if I think I can rush for. And I think the Packers can rush four and create pressure against Jaron Hall. Now, the flip side of that is this Packers team has not proven in zone or in man coverage that they can hold up. And so that makes you wonder what the move is here. And I think that was true with or without Jair Alexander. That's the interesting part. Because I don't know how much the plan changes with or without Jair Alexander. They have a lot of faith and confidence in Carrington Valentine. I think it has more to do with who plays. Now, now Matt LaFleur astutely pointed out a little a little condescending for me to say Matt LaFleur, who's, you know, has forgotten more about football than I would ever know, made an astute point. But I think it was important to point out. I'll say it that way uh, that when you double team, you necessarily give up something else somewhere else. that's just you have to it has to be a trade-off. It's like when you double team in basketball if you double team someone's got to be open. Now that's not always how it works in football because you can you can send safety help, shade to one side and you're not always creating openings. Go back to a couple weeks ago when the Packers played Baker Mayfield. They shaded coverage consistently to Mike Evans. And Baker made them pay because the Packers were playing a lot of off coverage and they were just throwing the ball to Godwin quick. Can Jaron Hall actually accomplish that? And so this is where I think early on I would want to play defense like... The only thing I'm worried about is the big play. I'm going to force. And again, hear me out. I am going to force. Jaron Hall. To complete passes underneath all day. That is, that is, again, probably how Joe Barry likes to play normally. But it's also how I think you should approach this game. Because I just don't think in his, what, his first NFL start. At home, prime time raucous crowd, playoff spot on the line, make him go 22 of 26, 22 of 28, 24 of 30, throwing five yards down the field. I just don't think he's going to do it without making mistakes. And so I want to I prioritize coverage disguise, which the Packers don't do a lot of. I want to prioritize the, the games that I want to run up front. And then on third down, I'm coming after him. That's when I'm sending pressure. Get the ball out of his hand quickly. And so this actually fits with the way that the Packers tend to want to play. The problem is that when the Packers have played this way over the course of the season, and this is just the fundamental problem with the Packers' defense as it stands right now is, the approach is is not actually a bad one. I I continue to believe that. That if you can effectively play the two-shell it, it makes life, you have to be so consistent underneath. And I think if you're willing to play more cover two, which a teams, this has been like the season of cover two. The Vikings play a bunch of cover two. Squat corners, which allows you to press the line of scrimmage so you can't just go quick game all day. Simulated pressure looks and too high safety so that you don't get beat deep. Well, the Packers are still getting beat deep. That's the problem. So going into the game and saying, don't get beat deep it's nice in theory, but in practice, it's problematic. So, then you have to have a counter. Let's say they start attacking. Now, I, I would I would sit in. Frankly, I would sit in cover two, all day. All day. Let Eric Stokes and 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 if you want to play some two man on third down, go for it. But I'm playing two high safeties and I'm playing my corners up. I'm pressing, and I'm making Jaron Hall, Hall throw into the honey hole. You have to throw those sideline rail shots against cover two or you can't succeed. And so I'm going to force him to do it because they don't have a tight end who can stretch the middle of the field. And if you put Justin Jefferson in the slot, okay, Keyshawn Nixon, that's a tough matchup, but you've got safety help over the top by design. So now you're forcing Jaron Hall to make these tight window throws. I think that's the way to handle this. Because they're not going to run the ball. They're just, they're not going to run the ball and they're not good at running the ball. And you don't want to play too much man coverage because Hall is good enough, athletic enough with his feet to make you pay much the same way that Tommy DeVito did. So you have to, you have to have a plan for the zone read. I don't know how much they're going to run of that, but you have to have a plan for it at the very least. And I don't think, except on third down, you want to play a ton of man coverage in this game. Hope that your four-man front can get after it. If you want to play some penny and go five-man rush, I'm all about it because this run game is just not gonna beat you. We've talked about it. We talked about it yesterday with Luke. They're just not gonna beat you. So make something else beat you. Now, how do the injuries impact all of this? We're gonna talk about that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Packers, one and a half point underdogs in Minnesota on Sunday night. Though, if you want to bet them to cover the spread, get a little juice on it, minus 120. Whereas the Vikings to cover, minus 102. Basically the same odds in terms of payout on the money line. So this is a a razor thin margin game as FanDuel sees it. Pick the Packers on the money line, minus 106. If it's your first time at FanDuel, $150 150 bucks in your pocket if you nail that money line bet on a $5 money line bet. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use with a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL playoff push these final two weeks. We're in the thick of this playoff push, baby. Kick it off right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And today's episode also brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. DoorDash is, I just ordered from DoorDash the other day for dinner. I have people over for the holidays and we need to order lunch. Bang, DoorDash gets me what I want quickly and easily. We, We ordered some Italian sandwiches, little prosciutto, little Italian combo, some mortadella. I mean, we were, we were really, we were speaking of in our bag. We were in our bag and DoorDash made it happen. And you can make it happen on DoorDash. If you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app and enter code lock 23 to get that promotion. Subject to change and terms do apply. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app and enter code lock 23 Subject to change and terms do apply. We don't have, as we sit here today, um, the final injury reports out. Dontavian Wicks did not practice the last two days, though he did apparently try to go back in the game uh, on Sunday. Matt LaFleur said basically he'll need to practice today to have any shot to play on Sunday night. The same is true of Christian Watson, who's been ramping up a little bit but isn't quite where they need him to be, is going to need to practice on Friday for this to be a, a go zone for him. Jaden Reed has been back. That's huge for the Packers, especially because Byron Murphy right now is not has not practiced this week for the for the Minnesota Vikings. That is their best corner by far. So, and is someone who can play in the slot. So getting Jaden Reed back with the way Bo Melton has played, you have Romeo Dobbs. Malik Heath is just a a war daddy out there. He's not going to give you a ton as a receiver, but is is reliable enough and is just a um, maven as a blocker. You love that. Getting productivity from Bo Melton is, is huge. Luke Musgrave practiced the last two days. Probably not going to play this week, but you have to think that there's a chance next week he he could get out there. Matt Floor said if he's medically cleared, we want to make sure that he's got his wind under him, that he's got you know, his legs under him, his wind back. Um, football shape, essentially. So you have to think they'll give him a full week of ramp up and then practice before they put him out there. But you never know. They may just say, let's go. Um, TJ Slayton, unfortunately, did not practice on Thursday. So something to watch in the Friday practice. But at the same time, is it really a bad thing to get Carl Brooks on the field more? This team does not run the ball. They just don't really do it. Now, maybe they will more in this game, but I don't think so. Like They've been slinging it around the yard with Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs after Kirk Cousins went out. So like I, I don't know why it would be that different with Hall, to be honest with you especially with Justin Jefferson out there, and especially with the way that Justin Jefferson had had previously, at least in, in the one game, eaten up this Packers defense, now no Jair Alexander. Again, I don't think you need to change the plan that much. Press Justin Jefferson when you can. Give safety help as much as you can. But you don't have to over-allocate resources because, again, TJ Hawkinson, not around. Jordan Addison is a nice young player, but is he going to beat you by himself, hurt on a bum ankle, when they said initially with the injury he's week to week, I don't, I, I don't think that that is something that makes sense. So, for the Packers, rush your four doesn't look like Devondre Campbell is going to play this week, but Isaiah McDuffie has been a really valuable player. Um, Quay Walker as a blitzer, certainly on early downs is something that I would expect to see on on um, money downs, third downs, fourth downs, red zone. That's when you bring the exotic pressures, slot blitz. Zero blitz. Make Jern Hall make reads quickly and make throws accurately. If he's going to go 15 plays, 80 yards or 75 yards now, I guess, with the new touchback rules, you got to tip your cap. Well, that doesn't mean like let him just let him go come down 15 yards of, of cushion on every play. It doesn't mean be afraid, but it means no big plays. No big plays. That's why, again, I think I think cover two and two man make a lot of sense. Now you can disguise it. Show the two high, spin down into cover three. The Packers do do that occasionally. They just have not traditionally disguised it very well. So if you can find ways pre-snap to make this a little more confusing, mug the A-gap, simulated pressures. Give him a lot to think about, a lot to process, especially early in the game, get his head spinning. I think that's your best path forward. And then on offense, a lot of the things that, that have worked, you know, like when when Luke said, oh, Dagger has killed this team, the Packers literally run Dagger five times a game. This is a bread and butter play. I think the Packers offensively, they, they when you watch them against the Chargers, it's remarkable because, and the same thing with the Chiefs, they have so many cover two beaters now. Like they live on cover two beaters. And because teams have played them a bunch and I don't know why teams continue to do it when the Packers have so many good options for it. And they just run these missile routes basically double curls and and the linebackers got to decide which one to take and you basically can't be right. And Jordan Love has consistently found the answers there. The Packers have a ton of these options now. The Packers try to attack vertically a bunch against Minnesota and I think they're going to they they have more answers now on the shorter and intermediate parts of the field. But it was like that Minnesota game set the wheels in motion for Matt LaFleur to say, "We got to put in these cover 2 beaters." And we're going to have better answers. And now they do. Now, do you have better answers when it looks like zero pressure and they drop into cover two? That's the part where this is the next evolution for Jordan Love. Can you prove against a Brian Flores defense that Luke Brown was on the show yesterday saying has been solved a little bit. Jake Browning lit this defense up. Jared Goff lit this defense up. If you can protect it and you can't have the busts in protection like we saw on Carolina occasionally, you know, Rasheed Walker didn't block most dangerous man inside. Didn't go big on big. Patrick Taylor's going. Why am I asking? Why? Why am I blocking a defensive end who's inside when you go to the blitzing linebacker? That doesn't make any sense. Get those things short up. And if Jordan Love has time to read out the coverage, I have faith that he will do it effectively, and and they will have the answers. Again, I think the Packers win even with the injuries, um, not having Wicks, not having Jair. I still think this is a Packers win. Uh, and it's a big one. It's a huge one. It's the season. It really is. And so it'll be exciting. We'll be live after the game, 11.05 Lambo time. So after the ball drops, East Coast for my East Coasters. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you then. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we will be Sunday night. Come chill with us on Sunday on our live stream so you can stay locked on Packers.